are getting ready here at Discover Church for Easter. Easter is one of our most exciting times of the year, and we are super excited. Uh, Easter, we are going to be offering three worship experiences, and the reason we're doing three is because we want to make sure that you can bring friends and family, and we have plenty of space and plenty of availability. So we're going to be having three experiences. The first will kick off on Saturday, April 3rd at 6.30, and then we're going to do two services on Sunday at 9 and 11. And the reason, again, we're doing this is to make sure we have plenty of opportunity for Expanse. One of the ways that you can help us right now by doing that is if you go to Facebook, uh, we have an event created for that. You can say that you're going, pick a service, uh, let us know where you're planning on coming, and then you can also invite friends from there digitally, which is a great opportunity. And, of course, we can't forget that we're going to be having Easter egg hunts at each experience for all the kids. In fact, we're really excited for the Saturday experience. We're going to try something we've never done before, and that is a glow-in-the-dark Easter egg hunt. It's going to be awesome. I might have to become a child temporarily just to participate with the glow-in-the-dark Easter egg hunt. It's going to be some fun stuff. But listen, we uh, are getting ready to get into uh, some defining moments and uh, that is our new series that we're starting today. And the reason I'm calling it Defining Moments is because there are some moments that define, that, uh, that make or break you, right? Uh, I am uh, a fan of the, uh, the Delmarva Christian High School girls varsity basketball team because they had a defining moment just the other day when they won in the second round of the state playoffs and they beat, uh, they upset the number two seed and they won by two points, right? So they had that defining moment, right? And, and, and so we have these moments in our lives and sometimes that's the buzzer beater shot, right? But sometimes it's stuff that doesn't feel so defining at the, in the moment that it's happening. And so for defining moments for this series, what we're really going to be looking at is some of the final moments of Jesus' life as we kind of get ready in anticipation of what's happening with Easter. And so we're going to be talking uh, a little bit about that. If you have uh, your Bibles, we're primarily going to be in the book of Mark, but we're going to start out with a scripture out of Matthew uh, today. And that's going to be Matthew chapter 20, whether you have uh, your old-fashioned paper Bibles or maybe you have your version Bible app out. I'd encourage you uh, to, to get that out and to follow along. This way you can make some notes and jot some stuff down. Uh, but here's uh, kind of the thought and theme for this series here out of Matthew chapter 20, starting in verse 17. He says this, he says, Now Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, and on the way he took the twelve aside and here's what he said to them. He says, we're going to go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and to the teachers of the law. He says, they're going to condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked, flogged, and crucified. But there's good news that on the third day, he's going to be raised to life. And, and now, as you can imagine, imagine yourself you know, if you were a disciple walking with Jesus, basically uh, hanging out, living with him for, for a couple years at, to this point, and, and Jesus just like just drops this on you, and all of a sudden you're just sitting there going, what? Like, you know, I can imagine Peter is like sitting there like, time out, hold on, like, can we hit the pause button? And of course, Thomas, we know Thomas, he doesn't believe it. He wants to, he's not going to believe it until he sees it, right? But, but we know that the, the disciples kind of get this, this thing dropped on them. And my hope and goal kind of out of all of this is that, you know, and this is really ultimately our hope here at Discover Church, is that you will experience the life that Jesus has called 
you to live. And that's exactly what he was trying to show, and he was trying to teach his disciples through this moment. And uh, listen, we're going to jump over to the book of Matthew now. And, and in the book of Matthew, this is going to be, uh, we're in Matthew, thank you. We're going to go to Mark, yeah, the other M, the Matthew and the Mark. We're going to go over to Mark, Mark chapter 11. And this is where we're going to kind of see uh, what the scripture that we're going to be talking about today. And, and I, I kind of love this story because it feels so random that this story is in Scripture, but the randomness is not random. In fact, it's there, I think, for a very important purpose. And, uh, and here's what it says out of the book of Mark, chapter 11, in verse 12. We see that the next day they were leaving Bethany, not Bethany Beach, we wish, right? Uh, but uh, the next day they were leaving Bethany, and Jesus was hungry. Anybody ever get hungry? Yeah, I was going to say, normally by the time Sunday morning is over, I am like hungry. I don't even care what it is. Like when I get home, I got to get something to eat, right? Jesus was hungry. And in 13, verse 13, he says, seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went uh, to find out if it had any fruit. He says, when he reached it, he found nothing but leaves because it was not the season for figs. But then in verse 14, he says to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again and the disciples are standing around listening to him like Jesus why are you talking to a tree right okay now before you get upset about the fact that Jesus is talking to a tree how many of you have admittedly talked to your car anybody ever done that like you better start I promise you if you don't start you're going to the junkyard right uh, how many of you have ever you know maybe talked to, to something some other in, uh, inanimate object right you know, right this happens to us all the time or the scary thing is is when you start talking to yourself and answering yourself right but this is Jesus takes this moment here and he talks to this tree and what we have to realize about this story when you look at this this is Monday so Monday imagine tomorrow you get up you're kind of you're kind of hungry and, and, and you know you're ready to go and, and then you find out you thought you had a quick breakfast and then guess what it wasn't there and so you're disappointed right but what we, we find out of this story is really what happens the next day and if you roll down a little bit with me to verse 20 same chapter he says the next day this is the next day in the morning that as they went along they saw the fig tree but it had withered it withered from the roots and it had died and Peter remembered what Jesus had said, and he said, Rabbi, man, look at this. This is crazy. The tree that you cursed is withered. And I love Jesus just, like, comes back with, like, a one-liner, man. Jesus is like, have faith in God. I told you. Have faith in God. Like, come on. Like, what are we going to do? And, and really, today, we're going to be talking about having that deep-rooted faith and having the deep-rooted faith that branches out, and not only just branches out, but it branches out to produce fruit. Now, how many of you, like, are, are morning people, you get up in the morning and you, you want something to eat? Anybody, like, you got to have, may, maybe, how many of you got to have your coffee when you get up in the morning? Like, you just got to. Like, it's just, it's, it's like before you do anything else, you got to go to the Keurig and you just hit the button for it to come on, right? It's just, like, automatic. It's instinctive, right? It, it's an instinctive thing. But here's the question. I need some audience participation. I need some online participation, too, for this. I want to ask you a question, and I want to I hear some of your answers real quick but here's what I want to ask you what is your favorite kind of like quick breakfast like you're you know, like you're you're easy not, not we're not talking like we're making bacon and eggs right okay but 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 what is your like kind of your quick 
go-to breakfast that you just want to go. If you're online, type in what is your, your favorite quick online breakfast. And is everybody ready? You've had just a second to think about it here. Just ready? We're going to shout it out. Ready? One, two, three. Favorite breakfast. Go. Granola bars. And what did I hear? Something else? Pop-tarts. Oh, come on. Pop-tarts. Listen, I don't care what anybody says. Cherry Pop-Tarts are the best, okay? I don't care what, you can have your strawberry, you can have your s'mores and your brown sugar. Nobody wants no brown sugar. Come on, that's not, that's not right. Everybody needs your cherry Pop-Tarts, and that is where it is. But no, one of the ones for me that I, I loved, and I loved, uh, as, I loved this as a kid, and I recently kind of had rediscovered my love of this was, anybody remember cream of wheat? Like, you, when you were a kid, anybody ever eat cream of wheat? Am I alone in this? Uh, okay, uh, some people were like, God, Pastor Curtis, what are you talking about? Cream of wheat, come on. No, cream of wheat was where it was. I found some recently, and of course, my family is like, that is, that is disgusting looking. They're like, no, this is good. Add a little bit of hot milk to that, man. Cre- cream of wheat is where it is at. So, uh, good on a cold morning, you know what I mean? You get, get a little bit of that in you. Or if not, uh, my backup is going to be the uh, cinnamon and apple oatmeal, okay? I'm a big fan of instant cinnamon and apple oatmeal. That's the best. Uh, you can have all the other kinds. It makes no difference to me. That's the only one I want. But, but we know, right, sometimes, you know, you just get up in the morning and you want something, and this is what happened to Jesus. Uh, you know, Jesus was man just like you and I, and so he decided that he was hungry in the, in the morning, and I want to declare something to you today, okay? I I, okay, I, I'm a pretty educated person, but I am not a figologist, okay, uh, okay, I, I don't even know if figologist is a word, I kind of, I'm just kind of like, I'm going to throw that out there, I, I'm not a figologist, but I have done some research on this, and I did find out something interesting about figs, and you know, if you don't know what a fig is, just think of Fig Newtons, okay, all right, they're like, I mean, that's not, it is, but it's not. But anyway, so, so figs is this, this, this fruit that, uh, that, they, that they eat. And I actually found out that figs are, are one of the oldest cultivated fruits in the world. I didn't know that until I did a little bit of research into this. And there are different types of figs, just like there are with many other things, like strawberries or blueberries or any other, any other type of fruit, right, where there are different types of figs. There's some figs that only produce one crop. Right, and then there's some other fig trees, uh, other variations that actually produce two. They would produce them before they leave, like from the last season almost. Then they would bloom, and then they would produce another one. And so, uh, the two kind of producing fruit, the, that that second one, is the one kind that is kind of commonly referred to as being thought to what is in the area where Jesus is at right now. And, and so, w- when we talk about this, we 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 see that Jesus is hungry, right? Everybody knows sometimes you get a little bit cranky in the morning because you haven't had your breakfast. And so Jesus decides to go out and he sees this tree. And this tree looks like it's got the, all these leaves on it. It looks like it's ready to go. And of course he walks up to it and he is like, are you serious? Like, are you for real this morning? Like, all I wanted to do was get up and grab my figs and head to Jerusalem and have, you know, go about my day. But I think really one of the problems that Jesus had with the fig tree is that it was really a a thing where it was all promise. It had all this promise, but no fruit, you know. It had all the expectation of it, but no satisfaction. And so I I think, you know, one of the things that Jesus experienced, which we all have, right, is when it had, you know, the fig tree had nothing to share but disappointment. 
I don't know if you've ever experienced times in that in your life when all the basically the people that you interact with, the news that you get hit with feels like it's like disappointment, disappointment, disappointment. And then all of a sudden you're just like, man, are you serious? Can we not catch a break here? And, and for me, uh, I, I kind of was thinking back about like what is something that we've all experienced? Like uh, what's a shared disappointment we have? And, and I think one of those things is false advertising. Anybody ever get mad about false advertising? I, it drives me nuts. Like, I just, like, show me what it really is. And so I, I found a few pictures here that we're going to throw up. Some false advertisements. How about the Whopper? Come on, Burger King, don't come after Pastor Curtis here. We're just, I'm just going over some real, real, realistic things here. You know, the advertisement, you know, you see the Whopper commercial, you're like, man, flame broiled, that sounds all right. I could go for a Whopper. But then this is what you get. Like, they, they, they whop it, all right? They just like, you know? Uh, what about, go to the next one. The next one here. The next one is good old McDonald's. You got to get that Big Mac, two all-beef patties, ketchup, lettuce, tomato, pickles on a sesame seed bun. I, I ruined it. I don't know. I don't eat a Big Mac. Who eats a Big Mac? Who wants all that bread, all that nasty bread? Here's what I know, though. I have gotten a Big Mac enough to know that that was what it looks like when you get it, though. How about Taco Bell? Taco Bell, you're just like, now listen, Taco Bell is one of those ones. You know if you're going to go to Taco Bell, you have to be within a proximity of home, okay? <laughs> Taco Bell is not one of those. This is not a meal that you eat while you're traveling, all right? This has got to be like a, you know, in route kind of scenario. But Taco Bell, you know, it's got all the lettuce, and it's supposed to have that sour cream and stuff on there. And then you get it, and it's just like a mushy, limp, like, it's just, no, and you're just like, just come on, people. Like, just show me what it really, what it really is, right? We all have these moments, right, where you go and you, you, in your mind, you have this expectation of what's going to happen. And then it ultimately leads in disappointment. I know for me, uh, we love, I've shared this before, we love to travel in our house. Uh, we love, and so uh, a while back, this has been a few years ago, Amy and I, uh, we went on a trip to Daytona. Now, look, okay, I, I've already shared this. I'm not a beach guy, all right? I don't want the sand. The sand's always hot. I just, I'm not a beach guy. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not my favorite thing. I can go sit in a pool and be just as content and just as happy. So we went to Daytona because everybody's like, oh, Daytona's so great, and you're going to love it, and it's so awesome, and all this other stuff. And we're like, all right, I'll bite. I'll play along. You know, we went for like two or three days, I think. I go out there. Now, listen, I'm from Sussex County, people, okay? Now, I'm not claiming that Rehoboth and Bethany and Dewey, which I love, right? I love them. They're part of where I live. They're part of the culture and our identity for where we live. I, I think those beaches are great. And then I get out to Daytona Beach. And do you know Daytona Beach? It's not a beach. It's a parking lot that the beach wa that the ocean washes up. It's as hard as a brick. You could, like, literally, you could ride a bike out there and not get stuck. You know why? It is so hard. That's not what the beach is supposed to be like. And I'm like, man, somebody lied to me. Somebody, I had this expectation of what this was going to be, and it was, it was a letdown. So, listen, if any of you are from Daytona, I'm sorry, but our beaches are better, okay? I just, I, I'm just going to go out there. I'm going to say it. But, you know, we think about this. And, and you're asking, though, the series is called Defining Moments. So you're saying, what, what is Jesus' interaction with this fig tree? What does it have to do with the defining moment? Because I think ultimately what we find here is that Jesus has this encounter. And he, the encounter that he has is he realizes that, guess what, there is nothing worse 
then we, when, we have un, uh, when we have unmet potential, unmet potential, he, th- this fig tree had all this potential. It had all this promise to it. But then when he experiences it, guess what? It was a letdown. It was like Daytona Beach. He, Jesus got there to that fig tree and be like, why? Why do you got to be like the misleading advertisement at McDonald's? This is not what I signed up for. This is not what you're supposed to have. And so for us, the problem is, for us, many times we experience this unmet potential in our own lives. And it comes from hurt. It comes from pain. It comes from our own past mistakes. It comes from the times when the people that you relied on and trusted, but then they end up letting you down. And so then all of a sudden it it allows us to where we look like we're full of life. We've got all this leaves. We we, We look like we're so fresh and vibrant. But the fact of the matter is, is guess what? There's no fruit. There's no figs there. You know, and so when we take a look here, when we take a look at this tree, I, I want to give you a, just a, a few points here about the fig tree. It, what do we notice about the fig tree? I think the very first thing we notice about it is it, it's alone. It doesn't say that Jesus went out to multiple fig trees. No, no, no. There was one fig tree over here hanging out by itself. But the problem is, is that guess what? You and I, if you we're going to reach our full potential, you were not meant to do life alone. You weren't meant to. And in fact, that's why so many people, that's why if you look at the statistics through the past year of shutdown, why the statistics for like loneliness, anxiety, depression, all these things, all these things were high. Why? Because people became isolated. We became in our own, you know, our little house where we had to deal with nothing but looking at ourselves in the mirror every day. And, and, and so guess what? We didn't have the opportunity to really branch out. Do you know where the best figs come from? The best figs come from orchards. You know why? We all know this. Best figs come from orchards because it needs cross-pollination. Listen, you, you can go out, and, and as a practical example, you could go out take one kernel of corn, and you could stick it in the ground. It'll grow, but it'll never, ever reach its full potential. You know why? Because it is not meant to be one stalk, one ear, one kernel of corn grown up all by itself. It has to be around other ones. Cross-pollination has to happen. And so we have to realize that in our own lives, I, I, I want to challenge you, and I want to challenge you, everybody online. It is so, man, it is so easy to want to seclude ourselves or only maybe dip our toe a little teeny bit into interacting with people, into actually engaging with people. But, man, guess what? You're never going to have full potential in your life if you do that because you were not meant to be alone. The second thing about the fig tree we see is the appearance, right? Based on the appearance, it looked great. The appearance of the tree, it said it had fruit, but it actually had no practice. And the thing that I think really happens with us when it talk about potential, the potential in your and in, uh, in my life, and we're going to hit on this in just a few weeks a little bit more in depth, but this idea that we have to actually do something with our life. We have to do something with our life. Uh, that's why I, I love, I love our, our GO team members. And I love our GO team members because they were people that were like, you know what, I could just sit on the sideline, but no, 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 I'm, I'm ready Let's jump into this. Let's get in and let's see what God is going to do. And the third thing we find with the tree is that it was absent of fruit. It was absent. It had, it had, it, it, the fruit 
was gone from it. And you know the problem when you don't have any fruit in your life? And this sounds really stupid, but when you don't bear fruit in your life, you know what happens? You don't have any sort of reproduction that happens in your life. Because, see, fruit reproduces. In order to have plants and, and, and fruit and vegetables, right, all those things that we have, all the things that we love to eat, right? Do you know in order for all those things to happen, they actually have to produce fruit because if they don't produce fruit, then the next generation can't happen. Nothing else can grow from it because all of a sudden it just gets cut off. And so we, I want to let you know that God, I think, really wants to reveal some potential in your life about why it is that you have either little or no fruit that's coming out, that's getting produced. And ultimately when this happens, we find out that it keeps us from the potential that it has. It's amazing. I, I, anybody, anybody history people? You, anybody history? I, I love history. Like, I love history. In fact, the, the, I, I alternate, like, between reading and between podcasts and all this stuff. I alternate between, like, you know, uh, spiritual stuff about, you know, uh, God and leadership or, the, you know, the church or sermons and all that stuff. I alternate between that and, and history stuff. And I love when you get in and you hear about these obscure people that really not many people know of. But the fact is, is that they met the potential that God had for their lives. And through small ways, they impacted and changed the world in a great and mighty way. And, and it's funny because many of us, we sit here and say, but Pastor Curtis, you don't understand. I'm just here in Sussex County. I, I just live in Millsboro. I just live in Georgetown. I, I, I just go to my job. I mean, I mean, what can I possibly do? But the fact of the matter is, is I want to let you know, I had the same thoughts, and I still do have a lot of the same thoughts. And me and my wife, we've shared that in the past. And guess what? God has used us in a great and powerful way. And, and that's not because I'm special, because trust me, I'm not. If you came home with me, you'd be disappointed, okay? I promise you, you would. I, it, 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 I, it, there's not much, you know. I, I, I go, I, I visit Dustin sometimes in the bank, and he, ha he probably looks at me like, like, you know, Pastor Curtis, you're the least looking pastor. You don't, did you comb your hair today? You know what I mean? Like, because I, I, I can be easily, I, it's a disappointing thing, but the fact of the matter is, is that just because you feel like you've had disappointments in your life does not mean that you don't have potential to get where God has wants you to go. I love this passage out of Psalm, Psalm 92. I love this passage. This is just one of my, uh, one of my favorite ones. Uh, I've shared this in the past a little bit. I, I also, I, I'm a fan of trees. I love going through the woods and just, uh, one of my favorite things is when you get out in the woods and the wind is blowing and you get to see these mo monster trees just swaying back and forth and just to think about all that had to happen in order for all this to go, go through. But here's what it says in Psalm 92, starting in verse 12, it says, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. Now, I know we don't have many palm trees in Sussex County. It gets a little too cold up here. But is it not the coolest thing ever when you get to go and you get to see these palm trees grow? Like if you go down somewhere tropical and you're looking and you look at these palm trees and you're like, you don't make any sense. Here you are growing in a place where, like, you're the only tree that could grow where you're growing. That's amazing. Like, because of the, the, the situation around it, the, the, the force, the environment around it, palm trees many times are the only, some of the only trees that actually really get to grow in those tropical environments. But I love the fact here it says the, 
the righteous will flourish. You're like a palm tree. The reason I love that, I, I often think about that. Like you get in these hot tropical environments and you just get down there and the humidity's thick and you're just like, this is crazy. These crazy storms come and want to rip stuff out of the ground. Have you ever seen them? Hur- the, the, when the hurricane comes through, you watch. I mean, roofs are flipping off, cars are rolling over, and that palm tree is getting beat. It is just getting the breath beat out of it, and it's bending, it's bending, it's doing all this stuff. But, man, what, you know what happens when that storm is over? You're going to have to rebuild your house, but that palm tree is still standing right there. That's an amazing thing, isn't it? When it finds its potential, when it finds its purpose, then guess what? It can weather the storm. It can go, it can deal through the hardships of life. And it says further on here in Psalm 92 that they grow uh, like a cedar in Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. It says they flourish in the courts of our God. And I love this. This is for all of us. This is for Frank, even though he's 25 today. He says, he says, that they're still going to bear fruit in old age. They stay fresh. They stay green. And you know what they're proclaiming? They're proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no wickedness in him. It's amazing, isn't it? But all this only happens if we can bear fruit. And so you say, well, well Pastor Chris, how... How then do we bear fruit? How, how do we get there? How, how do we do that? And so I, I just want to point out to you a few obvious things, right? A few obvious things. But, man, it's, it's so amazing to me how the obvious stuff sometimes we don't actually put into practice in our own life to, in order to see God's will come to fruition in our lives, right? And the first one is this, right? How do we bear fruit? We need roots, we need roots. You've you got to have roots. Roots are so important. When that palm tree is getting pounded by the storm, what do you think it is that, keep it, that keeps it in the ground? It isn't magic, okay? It, 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 there's not some sort of magic dust on a tree that, that wants to show how this stuff happens, right? It's, it's the roots. And the roots is one of the most amazing things, right? Because you can walk up to a tree no matter how big or how small it is, and you can't tell the difference, can you? Because you don't know what the root system is of that tree. And, and listen, some of the problem is, is the roots that we have are based off of our habits. Our habits. If we literally took a, took a poll here online, if we took a poll here in person, and I started asking you about prayer time and how much time do you study and spend time with God, right? I, I'm sure that we would all admit that no, no matter how good or bad we feel like we're doing there, that we could probably always do better, right? But the fact of the matter is it's the habits that make it easy or hard for us to do this. I heard a great story, uh, a little, uh, great little story about a teacher and a student this week. And the, the teacher and the student uh, were walking uh, uh, through the woods. And the teacher tells the student to pull up a sapling. You know, just it was a little teeny one, you know what I mean? Not, nothing real big. And, you know, he's like, okay, whatever. So he, he bends down and he pulls it up. And then they walk a little bit further. And he says, hey, yeah, that next one, what, pull that one up too. And so this was another sapling, but it was, it was a little bit bigger. You know what I mean? It had a little bit more to it, a little bit older. And he's like, oh, you know, okay. And so he, he bends down and, and he pulls that one up. And then as they walk a little bit further, the teacher tells the student, you know, he points to a tree that's as tall as him. And he says, listen, I, I, I want you to pull that tree up. And he was like, 
oh, okay, you know, here we go. And so using his knowledge and his experience, and he gets in there, and he works, and he pries, and, and, and ultimately he pulls that thing up. And he's like, yeah, I, I did it. You know what I mean? Like, I pulled it up. Then they continue walking, and he points at a full-grown oak, and he says, I want you to go pull that up. Of course, the student does what all of us would do. We look at the teacher and like, come on, you can't do that. Like, that's crazy. Like, I, I can't pull that up. But it's amazing, isn't it, that the habits that are in your life, depending on how small or how big they are, how long they've been entrenched in our lives, sometimes we have things that we wish we could get rid of, but they feel like that oak tree. Nothing can, that, that, that thing, can, it just can't get moved out, right? Because it's impossible. Oh, that's some of us, I think, with our potential here. When we talk about our roots, and, and, I, and I, I tell you week after week, and we talk about this where I say, you, you have potential to change lives. See, we're seeing that oak tree, and we're like, Pastor Curtis, I can't do it. There's too much in my life. I, I've got all, all, I don't have any time. I, I don't have the money. You know what I mean, we're, we, we barely make it. We barely survive. And you're, you're looking at this tree, and this tree is telling you, you just can't do it. But the same thing happens here. When we put in healthy principles, healthy practical things that are in our lives, and we plant those seeds, and guess what? They produce fruit. And all of a sudden, the small things that we think when we pray and when we study, the, the, that, the, you know, it's just that little sapling, you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, it starts growing up. And after a while, you know what happens? We feed it. We, we allow it to grow in our lives. Then all of a sudden, it becomes the big oak where all of a sudden the wind wants to come and wants to disrupt your life and the storm and all the doubt and fear and every time the enemy wants to whisper in your ear about how you're not good enough, how you can't do it, how you, there's no way you can make a difference in somebody else. There's no way. Your kids are acting crazy. How can you make a difference in somebody else's life? You know, oh, you can't do it. You guys, you barely survive. How can you be a blessing to somebody else? How can you do dinner for, with somebody? How can you do all these things? And you're saying, no, 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 no. You know, I'm not looking. I, I, I got this tree here. That's planted on the foundation of who Jesus Christ is. That is still going to be bearing fruit when I'm well, when I'm old. And it allows us to realize that, guess what? The roots are important. The roots, the daily things that we do. So the first thing we have to realize is we have to have, we have, to have those good roots. The second thing we know is this, is that we need some rain. Now, I'm not saying we need rain in Sussex County. We're still drying out. All right. I don't want to mess my streak up. We've been too many days of sunshine. I can't, I can't have that. But when it comes to our lives, we need that refreshment. We need that presence of God. Listen, I, I, I want to challenge you. And uh, we meet on Sunday nights with our team uh, online, and, and we just kind of go over kind of how, how things are going, like how the day was, the worship set, looking for planning for this week and next. And when we do this, one of the things that we've, really been noticing that has been so exciting for us and the, the worship team is just like man i just feel like people are, are chasing after god more when we come together when we sing on sunday mornings and i'm just like that's awesome that's awesome you know why because that's the rain that's the holy spirit's just raining down in our lives and we need more of that but guess what sunday mornings are not going to be enough sunday mornings are not going to be enough listen you have to turn whether it's your Alexa device or your uh, the bridge or whatever it is, but we have 
to find ways to involve worship as part of our lives. Because then the third one here, how do we bear fruit? Roots, rain, and then the last one is relationships. Relationships. How many of you realize that, how, and, and again, full participation, how many of you would say that relationships are an important part of your life? Would you say that? Yeah? Okay. Most of us, just, I think we're about we're in consensus there. Relationships are an important part of our life. So if relationships we know are so important in our life, if the worship team wants to come up, then why would we want to grow outside the orchard? If relationships are that important, why would we want to grow? Or you may say, no, but Pastor Curtis, I'm in small group. You know, I, I, you say, I'm in small group. I'm doing this. I'm engaged. Like, this is awesome. Like, you know, I love it. But here's the question I have for you then. I guarantee you, you have friends and family and people that you care about that aren't. So why would you want them to not be in the orchard? There's a reason that we're doing three Easter services, and it's not because, simply because we like, you know, we think it would be super cool to do three Easter services. No, we're doing that because guess what? We realize that there are a lot of people that are outside the orchard. There's a lot of people that we want to see brought into the orchard because guess what? They need the same relationships that you have found and I want to promise you, I, I, and here's, I, I, I used to talk about this a little bit, and, and then I, I've kind of forgot because I have a really bad memory sometimes. But listen, this is so important to me. This is so important to us that if you bring friends and they come to Discover, and they're like, you know, it was cool, but it's just really not for us. Well, listen, you might be like, well, I can't tell Pastor Curtis that. I can't tell, tell him that his message sucked this week, right? No, but here's the thing, though. We're so passionate about wanting other people to be in the orchard. I don't care if they're in our orchard. They don't have to come here. We just want them to go somewhere. They need relationship. Your family members, they need relationship. They need to learn that they are not in this thing by themselves, that they have people that are cheering them on. So listen, if you say, you know, well, Pastor Curtis, they, they really didn't like Discover. Well, let me know because guess what? I will give you a list of other churches for them to check out because we are about people being in the family. I want to invite you, if you would, would you stand with me this morning as we get ready to close here? I love that I love that passage in Psalm 92. The righteous flourish like a palm tree. It's still going to bear fruit in old age. And the older I get, the more and more I am personally working on trying to make myself to allow myself to draw closer to God so that it in turn will bear fruit and I can draw others to it. But here's the thing. You can't take people where you haven't been. You can't take people where you haven't been. There's a lot of places that I've been, but if you randomly threw a dart and hit the map and you expected me to get in a car and for us to drive there, I mean, I could get you maybe close. I've never, I've never flown a plane, okay? It's one of my things I'd love to do. It's like on my, my bucket list, okay? 
I heard a really interesting thing this week that says, you know, if you left L.A., headed for New York, I would never head from L.A. to New York, but this is just the example. If you left L.A. and you were headed to New York, do you know that if you were only one degree off in, in your planning and your preparation, in where your, the navigation where you were set, if you were only one degree off, that would either put you somewhere between Dover to New York City or somewhere north up in Rochester, northern New York. It's amazing, isn't it? One small degree, you say, well, we'd be in the vicinity. Well, what does that do for you when you get there and you want to look for a landing place, right? We have to realize that we can't take people where we're not willing to go. So I'm asking you today, listen, would you kind of make a commitment as we're coming into this season to be purposeful about the way you speak to other people? Would you, would you make a commitment to speak life to people? Would you make a commitment today to say, you know what, I know I screw up a lot. I know I, sometimes I live a self-centered life where I'm just thinking about me and myself. But this week, you know what, I'm going to try to find a way to make a difference to serve one person. Don't make it too big. One person. Who's one person this week you can serve? Who's one person this week that you can speak life into? And then I think what you're going to start recognizing is that fruit is going to start popping up in your life. God and the Holy Spirit are going to start speaking to you in a new, relevant way. And then all of a sudden, you're going to have more of yourself to be able to dish out to other people. Because guess what? He's filling your cup as you're dishing it out. He's going to continually flow in and flow out. So today, I, I just want to pray. And I, I just want to ask, if you would, would you, would you make that commitment with me? If you would, would you close your eyes today? Just close your eyes in this place. If you're online. Would you make that commitment? If you would, just raise your hand. Nobody's looking around. Just say, I'm in, Pastor Curtis. I'm going to speak life this week. I'm going to find one small way this week to make a difference, to serve someone in somebody's life. Yeah. If that's you, just raise that hand. Just listen. If you're online, if you're bold enough, say, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Let's go. Let's do this. Because we want to be people that are planted, that are, fruit, that, that are growing so that we can see the purpose of God come true in our lives, the defining moments, the small things, the small, what seems like insignificant things. Father God, I pray right now over your people, over your sons and daughters. And Lord, I, I just want to ask right now that, Lord, that you start using, allowing your spirit to speak to their hearts right now. I, I'm, I'm praying right now, Father God, that they're, you're going to start bringing to them one person, a name, a face, somebody that they're just going to be like, you know what, that's the person. That's the person I'm going to love on this week. That's the person I'm going to speak love. That's the person that I'm going to uh, show some compassion and mercy to. That's the person I'm going to go to. Father, Lord, we know that there are so many people in this world that are lonely. We know that there are so many people in this world that are hurting. But, Lord, your mercies have never failed. Lord, when we allow ourselves to be planted in your spring, the refreshing nature of God, the, the loving kindness, the merciful one, Father, we don't have to worry about doing this out of ourselves, but Father God, we can do this through you, through your strength, Lord. Lord, allow us today to do that, to lean on you, Father. Lord, we just want to thank you. 
We praise you. In Jesus' name.